0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Simon Morris. There comes a time in every successful movie franchise when we have to ask, why are we watching this again? I'm sure the reason people enjoyed the first James Bond or Harry Potter, Star Wars or the first Marvel comic spectacular was, to a large degree, all about the story. Well, I've never been here before or I've never seen anything like that or simply what happens next. But it's my contention that you mostly stay for the characters
0: continuing story of our band of heroes, Luke
1: Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO,
0: R2-D2 and Chewbacca.
1: You want to hang out with Luke, Han Solo and Princess Leia, or Harry, Ron and Hermione, or 007, Money, Penny and Q. The plot line is often just an excuse to get back together with some old friends. TV series know this, comic books know it, but I'm not sure movies do.
0: So what's going on, James? They say you're finished. What do you think? I think you're just getting started.
1: Magnificent, isn't she? Zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds. A few little tricks up her sleeves. After a few movies, the creators start to believe that we're still mostly there for plots. More and more complicated Plots. Plots that frequently demand that audiences have seen, remembered, and inwardly digested every single element of every single previous episode.
0: We started getting some visitors from every universe.
1: What is this, an exam? The most famous disconnect between audience and creator was the George Lucas prequels to the popular Star Wars trilogy. What had been an old-fashioned kid's serial turned into a painstaking analysis of trade routes of the Republic. You're kidding, right? The Senate must vote the Chancellor emergency powers.
2: As my first act, I will create a grand army of the Republic to counter the increasing threats of the separatists.
1: And Harry Potter, originally Tom Brown's School Days with Magic Spells, became a sort of gloomy riff on, I don't know, Milton's Paradise Lost or Dante's Inferno. Frankly, audiences were more interested in who was snogging who at the end-of-year ball.
2: I was just wondering if maybe you wanted to go to the ball with me.
1: Mr Weasley, place your right hand on my waist. Where? Where? That, Hermione Granger, with Victor Crump. You're fraternising with the enemy. The enemy? What brought up the subject of why are we here, plot or characters, of course, was the latest from the Marvel Comics universe, the MCU, with a name that sums it all up, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
0: I'm sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality...
1: Clearly, someone's put a lot of time and effort into the concept of alternate realities. But given the choice of endless video game landscapes and hanging out with the original Avengers say, I suspect most fans would choose the latter. Never one to shrink from an honest challenge. Uh-huh. It's physics. physics. Right, so I, if I lift it, I, I then rule Asgard? Yes, of course. I will be reinstituting prima nocta. <gasps> But movie makers, being who they are, are always looking for other options. This week, *The Velvet Queen* features two Frenchmen waiting for something to happen, and after Yang trying to convince a child that her robot friend isn't a real character. But first, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness.
0: Don't cast that spell; it's too dangerous. Why? We tamper with the stability of space time. Multiverse is a concept about which we...
1: Director Sam Raimi kicked off Marvel movies as we know them when he made Spider-Man in 2002. There had been other films based on Marvel Comics titles, but Spider-Man was the first one to take it seriously, to cast it properly, and to make sure there was enough character meat on the special effects bones. And that was the blueprint producer Kevin Feige has run with ever since.
0: I did what I had to do.
2: our world. You cannot control everything, Strange.
1: So when Feige needed someone to pick up the reins of the second official Doctor Strange movie, he turned to his old buddy Sam. Raimi certainly had the chops and, like Feige himself, he absolutely lived and breathed comics.
0: You opened the doorway between universes and we don't know who or what will walk through it.
1: But the reason that Marvel movies have done so well for so long is that they're not just aimed at rabid comic book fans. That's why outsiders are brought in regularly to direct the films. People like Kenneth Branagh, Taika Waititi, Kate Shortland and Ryan Coogler. People who ask questions. Someone once told me that the reality I thought I knew was just one of many... The second strange movie comes at the end of a string of MCU projects exploring parallel universes, including The Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, the TV series WandaVision. Wait, are we expected to have seen all of these?
0: Wanda. I knew somewhere later you'd show up. I made mistakes and people were hurt. I'm not here to talk about Westview. Speaking as someone
1: who has actually seen most of them for professional reasons, but promptly forgot each one shortly afterwards because I'm an adult, I found myself regularly stubbing my toe on bits of arcane Marvel lore.
0: Be careful which path you travel down. Stronger than you have lost their way. You think there will be no consequences? We're in the end game now.
1: So now the one thing preventing the multiverse descending into madness is the hard-working and able cast. Benedict's Cumberbatch and Wong, both excellent. The always professional Chueto Ejiofor and Rachel McAdams and the talented Olsen sibling Elizabeth as Wanda Maximoff.
0: I could use an Avenger. It's about time you showed up. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous.
1: The story, as far as I could grasp it, is that to counter the big bad in the Avengers movies, Sorcerer Supreme, Dr Stephen Strange, opened up the multiverse, which apparently you mustn't do.
0: It was the only way.
1: But I never meant for any of this to happen. Often what sets you on the road to other universes is when this one lets you down. In the case of Doctor Strange, it was finding himself at the wedding of his ex, Rachel McAdams. Or for Wanda, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, when the love of her life dies, along with their possibly imaginary children.
0: You break the rules and become a hero. I do it and I become the enemy. This doesn't seem fair.
1: So now the fabric of time and space is ruptured or ripped or laddered or whatever that sort of fabric does. And unless Doctor Strange is very careful, he'll not only go tripping through the ordinary multiverse, but he may find himself up against the multiverse of madness. Now that version of the multiverse is the result of a phone call from producer Kevin Feige to the digital effects department in which he tells them to essentially go nuts. Throw in everything, including the kitchen sink, united by big bangs and mad 3D gimmicks. It's like being repeatedly hit over the head by every prog rock album cover ever made. Stephen Strange. The Illuminati will see you now. See what kind of Doctor Strange you are. Needless to say, this isn't a film for the casual passerby. It's one for the comic book obsessive ones who geek out with their buddies at events like Comic Con, wondering if the Illuminati in this film are superior to the 1978 comic and which of the several Doctor Strangers end up in the mid credit scene opposite an unexpected guest star. Try
0: not to break the multiverse, Stephen. Is the only
1: way. Right! <laughs> but while this film may aim, possibly successfully, at the fans of earlier Marvel Comics movies, it doesn't include nearly enough of what made those films work. If you're a signed-up Marvel fan or attracted by a title like In the Multiverse of Madness, this may very well be for you. But for the rest of us, this film, like so many recent comics films, is both too much and not really enough.
0: The multiverse. It's life or death. Could use an Avenger? There are other Avengers. We'll get you back on the lunchbox.
1: A French documentary called The Velvet Queen comes with very little hoopla, despite featuring in competition at Cannes last year. While it didn't win anything there, it did very well at the French Oscars, the César. Unsurprisingly, it is very French.
2: C'est un art fragile et raffiné pour attendre une bête dont rien ne garantissait l'avenir.
1: The Velvet Queen's title is never explained, though it may be a metaphorical synonym for the film's MacGuffin—the search for the, we're told, extremely endangered Tibetan snow leopard. In French nature documentaries, philosophic concepts often share the screen with undeniably stunning visuals.
2: bête sauvage <laughs> revenait à coller son à
1: un magique. There are three stars of the Velvet Queen, though only two appear on screen. Celebrated nature photographer Vincent Meunier met adventurer and author Sylvain Toussaint at a film festival and invited him to come to Tibet with him for his next project.
2: Munier m'avait invité à l'accompagner au Tibet à la poursuite d'un être que je croyais disparu, la Panthère des Neiges.
1: The prime intention was to spot the leopard, but Mounier was clearly open to any other Tibetan beasts that may pop up to be photographed. Toussaint was no slouch in the rugged location department either. His most famous novel and later film was set in the snows of Siberia. It seems he gave a Gallic shrug and said, why not?
2: Rencontrer un animal est une jouvence. Elle ouvre une porte, derrière, l'incommunicable...
1: It soon becomes clear that Toussaint and Meunier are very different people. Toussaint is sociable, chatty, and prone to the philosophic. He's constantly looking at how simple activities illuminate the human condition, and he provides the film's commentary.
2: En fait, on est très indifferent au monde qui nous entoure. A
1: peine conscient. Reclusive photographer Mounier prefers to allow events to unfold. His technique depends on the blind, a fixed camera hidden in camouflage that waits for animals to arrive. As you can imagine, sitting around day after day waiting for something to happen drives his colleague crazy. I had no idea quite how arid Tibet is. Snow is rare in this film, as is vegetation, despite the fact that much of the wildlife is herbivorous. There are yaks, barals, sort of mountain goats, mountain hares, and hamsters, even what appear to be wild donkeys.
2: C'est tout ce
1: à quoi on a annoncé. And watching them as intently as Mounier and Toussaint are the mountain predators. These include wild cats, foxes, wolves, even bears. But so far, no sign of the elusive snow leopard. but just because you can't see them doesn't mean they aren't there and aren't looking at you. Munier describes how he once photographed a snow leopard without realising it. So brilliantly camouflaged was it that it wasn't until he developed the film weeks later that he realised what he'd got. regarde. it's really a secret. It's étage en ciel. I said there were three stars to this film, the other being the cinematographer co-director Marie Amigay. Like a snow leopard, she brilliantly directed herself out of the picture, apart from one telling moment.
2: Yeah, you see? Yeah, here, at the On Earth. For lui, a, a rendezvous.
1: The adventurers are visited by some Tibetan children, one of whom draws a picture of the visitors climbing a mountain. There's Vincent, there's Sylvain, and to one side there's Marie. And the other unseen leading figure in The Velvet Queen is Australian musician Warren Ellis, best known for his collaborations with Nick Cave. as years and rocks have eyes. Nick makes a brief appearance in song near the end of the film. And the only other obvious example of directorial artifice is a couple of scenes featuring bored Tibetan soldiers watching these crazy French people climbing the Himalayas. the soldiers have no idea why they're doing it but it's nice they came back both in one piece and it seems slightly the wiser for the experience and that was my reaction to the Velvet Queen too After Yang may be a movie whose time has come. Not only is it about AI and robots, but the director, a chap called Koganada, is American-Korean. This is a time in Korea, and Koreans have a higher profile than ever before. From last week's terrific thriller Escape from Mogadishu, to recent award winners Minari, Parasite, and the hit TV series The Squid Game.
2: It is an interior core problem. I need your permission to break open the core.
1: Sci-fi films about robots have been around since the silent era, of course, often asking the question, when is a robot so close to human? You can't tell the difference. I think of films as diverse as Blade Runner, Alien, iRobot and the TV series Humans. But as science fiction gets closer to science fact, the attitudes change, less paranoid perhaps. Come on, Yang. What are you doing? Come on. The Yang in After Yang is what they call a cultural android. In the future, when couples like Jake and Kira adopt a little Asian child, it's recommended they purchase a Chinese-programmed robot, or sibling as they prefer, to keep young Mika in touch with her culture.
0: If we can't get
1: Yang fixed, we're not going to buy another sibling for Mika. While Jake and Kira are aware that Yang, kaka to Mika, is artificial, it's hard not to treat something so human-seeming like a member of the family. And the opening sequence sees all four of the household doing an early morning dance ritual, We cut away to neighbouring families with their house androids, all doing the same thing.
0: Starting. Reset. Starting. 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 Starting.
1: But technology, even in the future, apparently remains fallible. Yang develops a serious glitch and freezes, it seems, permanently. Jake, played by Colin Farrell, asks around for advice. The problem being that Yang wasn't quite brand new when they bought him. What happened to Yang?
2: I don't know. He shut down last night. He won't restart. Has
1: this happened before? No. <clears throat> Did the previous owner put some corrupt data in Yang's memory? That would explain why, in the many conversations Jake had with Yang, the concept of memory came up so often. Did Yang, like so many fictional androids of the past, have a nagging wish to be human? And more to the point, how is Mika going to cope in a suddenly reduced family?
0: We might have to compete in the family of threes. I don't want to be a family of three. Mika. I want Kaka back.
1: The performances in After Yang are sweetly judged. It's good to be reminded just how good Colin Farrell is in quiet, uncrowded material like this. He plays the owner of a small tea business. Yes, even in the future, the answer is quite often a nice cup of tea. Is the taste why you like tea?
2: Has something to do with it? Is it why you've given your life to tea? Given my life to tea? Well, that
1: sounds pretty serious is it not serious in his search to find a way to repair Yang or bring him back to life if you like, Jake finds an earlier owner, Yang was pre-loved several times it seems, and Ada Haley Lou Richardson, dialling back the perky in this film, has a different take on Yang than Jake did you want to be human that's such a human
0: thing to ask isn't it
1: After Yang is beautiful to look at, but it has to be conceded that there's not a lot of story and even the characters, while appealing, make very little progress by the end. But Colin Farrell is a past master at working in these limited areas and he's ably supported by Jodie Turner-Smith, who was so great in her first movie, Queen and Slim, a couple of years ago. May I be honest with you?
0: Wait, it's, it's not being honest an option for you. And of course I should
1: mention Justin H. Min, very convincing in that most thankless of roles, a robot. How far should one show that everything he does has been pre-programmed? How close can artificial intelligence ever come to the real thing?
2: We've always known that some bots are equipped with spyware. You might not want this bot in your house anymore.
1: After Yang is a slight film, a sci-fi short story brought to life, but its pleasures are often very human, and these days watching a family attempt to move on from dependence on devices is surely a good thing. And in that spirit of take a few hours away from your phone, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week.